Welcome to the Conservation Queens podcast. We are five girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real-life zoo employees, so as always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Please do keep in mind that we do try to keep the... Co- oh my gosh. Happy New Year. I still can't speak. We try to keep- doing so well. I was doing great. And then you were on a roll. Downhill. Keep going. Keep all right. Out. Please keep in mind that we try to keep our podcast around PG-13. So if you have some younger listeners, you might want to review the content beforehand. And with that, I'm Abby. I'm Emily B. I'm Katie. I'm Kenzie with a new microphone. Oh, wait. I went in the wrong order. And I'm Katie again. (laughs) My bad. Welcome 2021. We're glad to have you. And with that... We're gonna talk about 2020. Yay! Uh, what a dumpster fire! I would say, Emily, was... do you want to do you want to read what you wrote for the title of this one? I did. This whole my uh, see, I can't even speak English either. It's fine. <laughs> We're doing great, guys. Um, I literally wrote, "Hi, 2020 was a dumpster fire, but here are some bright spots." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Speaking of bright spots, Kenzie, you have a fan shout out for us. I do. We want to give a fan shout out to Johnny. Hey there, Johnny. He always likes to tell us how much he loves our podcast and he gives a lot of great suggestions for our episodes. And we actually, uh, I know a couple of us have had the pleasure of getting to work with him beforehand. So, hey, Johnny, nice to hear from you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. My favorite Keep up thing, the good work, my dude. Johnny, that you do is you interact with all of our social media and it brings my heart a lot of joy. Yes. <laughs> Everyone else, step yes. your game up. Yeah, Johnny's crushing it. Y'all need to step it up. Well, Abby yeah, and I were talking today. He has today, a huge passion for wildlife, which is awesome. We're also going to step up our social media game yes. in 2021, I think. Cause I have learned cool. you can schedule posts on Instagram, and that's going to make it a whole big of a difference. <laughs> oh, wow. That's nice. And I do like that. Abby and I both got the Peppermint Narwhal um, calendar for this year, ah. which tells you all the animal like days and special things on it. So today's like National Bird Day. It is National, National Bird Day. Bird day. I all wasn't right. gonna you... say it, but it is National Bird Day. If you didn't check our social media, that sucks because I was answering bird questions, of which we got four, and uh, Emily and Kenzie both sent in dumb ones. <laughs> hey, mine was not was dumb. Mine was, a, Wait, mine was real. Which one of you sent in the, do the birds work for Who the Who do you think, Katie? Who do you think sent that me. one in? It wasn't me. I was going to say Kenzie. <laughs> <laughs> you right. <Yeah. laughs> mine was a good question. Yeah. I don't know if I saw Emily. I just Emily's. did that one. So Emily was like, what's your favorite bird and why is it puffins? And the answer is it's not that. puffins. It should be puffins. I really love And if you puffins. want to know why it should be puffins, go listen to our bird episode. Also do that. Yeah, we do have a whole bird episode. We do have but, a whole um, bird episode. What was I going to say? I was going to say something else and now I don't remember. Oh, well. Moving on to... Yeah, it's the first of 2020. Oh, I was gonna say that we are recording this on January 5th. That's why. Oh yeah. So it'll come when you guys listen to this. So it it will not be National Bird. No, it will be. It will be Save the Eagles Day. (gasps) Wow, really? So another bird. So not just just not all birds, just one specific bird. (laughs) Just just okay. It's an entire. It's an entire order of birds. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Or not family. Wait, how does that work? Taxonomy's hard. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's more than just one. There's a couple. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um, getting into some conservation updates. So I usually will look through like really recent articles of conservation news before I decide like what one or two I want to share in the episode that we're doing that week. And there was one. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I really caught me like by surprise in the best way that i found true this week's for 2021 we're starting off strong the title of the article was seaweed eating giant crabs could help save florida coral reefs and they're lovingly named reef goats and that was all i needed to read to immediately click on that article <laughs> so say, is that clickbait no it's true i think they're listening so, to us because i feel like that's just clickbait for you 
Yeah, right. It really is. It's got crabs. They know how much I talk about them nowadays. Katie loves it when they got crabs. Uh (laughs) Um, But basically, (laughs) due to like a number of factors like climate change, overfishing and coral diseases, many coral reefs have become too weak or depleted to compete with seaweed growth, which can prevent corals from getting enough sunlight and overtake reefs, which just hurts the coral even more. That's really not good. Um, so scientists hypothesize that the Caribbean king crab might be able to help since they clean cor- uh, algaes off of corals faster than human scrubbing. And the studies they did found to be this to be completely true. <laughs> so they're like putting these Caribbean king crabs in certain areas and they're just like, go to town, guys. And the crabs are like, you got it, dude. And uh, basically they're called, they nicknamed them the reef goats because, you know, we use goats a lot to eat invasive plants on the land. So why not use crabs to eat algae? I will say this is point two for crabs gaining in my favor. <laughs> point one was hermit crabs. Point two is eating algae. Oh. Thank you. Really quick side note about hermit crabs I saw for the first time the other oh, day. Oh, dear. How they move from one oh, shell did you get to, to see another. Their butt? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. They have, they have butt. a little itty-bitty butt. It's so cute. They got it's like anyway, a curly butt. Please do yourself a favor and look up a hermit crab switching shells, and you will not be sorry. I promise. But that's it for my conservation news. Thank you for listening. All right. What about... Uh... Zoo news, yes? <gasps> yes, of course. We have zoo news. Um, some fun things. One not really fun thing. Um, so first, Boo. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, zoo news, I try to keep it really positive, but this was like the biggest story on like the first four pages of zoo news um, on Google. So unfortunately, a giraffe had to be euthanized at the Zoo Miami after it fractured its hoof. So this is something that's not to be taken lightly. Um, Zoos never want to euthanize their animals. It's not fun. Um, But if it is a quality of life decision for the animal, you have to do it. So it kind of sucks. But that sure does. Well, tell them to come to our facility and they can just have one of our giraffes because we have 13, 13 now. So many, hey. so many. I think there's probably more than thirteen. I haven't. Gone we just need to get a, a. We just need to make sure one of ours is good for their SSP, and we'll just send them out. I'm sure at least one is because they keep breeding them there. So that's true. All right. Well, in happier news, there was a baby koala born at the Columbus Zoo for the first time in 15 years. Wow! Oh my god! Uh, if you've ever seen a baby koala, that. they're hysterical. Oh, they're so they look cute. like jelly beans. <laughs> Well, they're my you're talking about yeah. in the pouch. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm assuming it's still that. Well, yeah, you can't see them, but like, they look like a bean. <laughs> but if you could, it looks like a jelly bean. It does. <laughs> yes, this is correct. Um, so that was exciting. And then this is something that's not like news, but this popped up uh, on my targeted ad on one of my social uh, medias. There is a video game called Planet Zoo. Have you guys heard of this? I have heard of it, yes. I have not I played it. Yes, it's also. basically Amazing. The Sims, but a zoo. Like Zoo Tycoon, but different. But different because you get to actually design the exhibits versus in Zoo Tycoon, which I was going to play, and then my sister was like, well, the exhibits are pre-made, and I was like, what is the point? That's You could play free play mode and make your own. Yeah, but not like in a, not like how I want it. I want to make a legitimate... <laughs> Have you not? We haven't had a chance. <laughs> Abby wants her zoo to be accredited by we the have not, that is We have not had a chance to let me do an exhibit design rant, but when that day comes, oh they will know. <laughs> they will learn. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, speaking of exhibit design, not not speaking of exhibit design, speaking of targeted ads. Yeah. My brain was working too fast. There you go. Um, this was something that I wanted to say. I don't know where it would go in the podcast, so I'm just going to say it now. Um, I came across... This website, which, again, came to me in a targeted ad via Instagram. And this website is full of the greatest things you will ever set your eyes on. It's called Cognitive Surplus. All right. I'm looking at it. And it is all science stuff. So they have, like, 
cups and bags and just everything, but they make it for all different science, like disciplines. So they have like aerospace <gasps> stuff, they have biology oh stuff, my God. they have etymology stuff, they have mm. bird stuff, they have marine biology stuff. They have chemistry stuff. It's amazing. Oh my God. I almost ordered the entire website today. <laughs> oh, what's it called again? Cognitive surplus. Kenzie, um, you're about that... to poop yourself. Yes. So the reason <laughs> I really that the, not. the targeted ad got me is because it was for a drinking glass that was etched with the different zones of the ocean. And it had different examples oh, of the it. different animals that live in each of them. And it was all labeled and it was beautiful. It's like if science diagrams just got put on everything you wanted in this your is... life and it's just truly magical. Um, oh my gosh, their gift wrap wow. is a reusable burlap bag. It's amazing. I just... I'm about to spend all my stimulus money on oh, this site. Correct. I, <laughs> I wish I had found this site before we did our episode about Christmas gifts because that's what this I wish I had found this for, site but... before I bought you all your Christmas gifts. You know, we all have birthdays. They come around once a year. There is a mitosis baby onesie. Oh it my says, gosh. look, I'm growing and it shows cell division. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. Okay, so listeners, if you need a gift for anybody in your life who loves science, this is the place for you. Listeners, um, should we should we set up a PO box so that you can all mail us this stuff? <laughs> Let us yes, know. please send yes. me everything. <laughs> Move on. What are belugas doing, Emily? Yes, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Sorry, I have I was to having trouble over here. Um, okay, so belugas. Uh, so we've got a couple different things in beluga news this week. Um, the first is an interesting one. So the Mystic Aquarium in Connecticut is one of, um, I think it's six or seven AZA accredited facilities in the United States that holds belugas. And they were scheduled to get five belugas from marine land in Canada. So this is a facility um, in Canada. They're near Niagara Falls, and they have over 40 belugas. So they have plenty. Um, but they were going to send um, five of their belugas to uh, Mystic Aquarium for breeding, et cetera. And they have delayed the delivery of these belugas because there is a pending lawsuit in uh, the United States side of things um, where some animal activists, we'll call them. I hesitate. Yeah, exactly. Um, They're (laughs) claiming uh, this is where I like to lay down the science. They're claiming that the beluga whales that would be transferred um, from this facility would have too much um, basically distress. Um, being moved from one facility to another. Um, Can you please tell me what the backgrounds of these people are? I'm very curious. (laughs) My guess is they just, they probably saw Blackfish once and were like, oh my God, every whale has deep emotional feelings. Um, Which, you know, I would love to believe, but sadly, I don't believe it's true. So um, to break this down for your listeners, um, really beluga whale social structure is not as complex as it is in, for example, bottlenose dolphins or killer whales, where it's a very family-oriented society. Um, beluga whales are kind of like, you could be my friend, and you could be my friend. And if I move somewhere tomorrow, they could be my <laughs> friend too. Um, they're very flexible in their social group. They're not going to cry because they miss their best friend who got left in Canada. It'll be okay. They'll make new friends, and they'll be just as happy and go lucky. Haven't you like- ever moved on from college? Exactly. So, okay. Well, besides Katie, (laughs) I Um, I still love you. So anyway, this lawsuit is pending. um, And they said they're going to delay the delivery of these belugas until March, until after this lawsuit probably gets thrown out. Um, But interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what happens. Uh, And then another beluga news out of Canada. This one's also interesting. The Wildlife Conservation Society, Canada, Um, released the results of a study that they did um, in a bay where belugas are known to frequent. And they were just setting the acoustics over the course of uh, all of last year in 2020. And they just released the results right at the end of December here. Um, And they found that because of climate change and the waters getting warmer, that there was a lot more human activity in the area, which meant that there was a lot more acoustic noise underwater. So they think that this could have um, some pretty big implications for belugas. Obviously, they get around using um, echolocation and acoustics. So um, something to keep an eye on as well. And that's what we've got for beluga news today. Um, I, I mean, I guess we just jump right into it, right? All right. Yeah. We'll just do it. I think I'm up first. So we'll just keep chugging along here. <laughs> keep going with the ocean. <laughs> what the we'll topic? just keep chugging. I mean, again. And the first one I have is Basically, more beluga. Well, we should talk about what the topic is, though. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Yes, so our topic 
today is basically big stories that came out of 2020, um, different um, areas. So I'm going to talk about marine issues um, and so on and so forth. We're going to talk about some good things that happened in 2020 because we all know that that year was a big mess. And then we're also going to talk about um, kind of... Isn't it nice to say was? It is very nice, actually. Um, And then we are each going to cover kind of what our conservation goals are for the next upcoming year of 2021. So things that we would like to do to help make the world a better place. And with that, I'm going to be talking a little bit about um, ocean related stories from last year. So I'm the first, shocked. I know. It's almost like I like the ocean. Um, it's okay. Yesterday at our place of work, um, a guest decided to ask me, they said, what did you study? And listeners, for those of you who don't know, currently I'm working with plants in a greenhouse. And the guest asked me, so what did you study? And I said, marine biology. <laughs> and I've never seen a more guest <laughs> in my life. It was a magical moment. Uh, it was great. So anyway, back to ocean news. Um, so last year there were two baby belugas born in the United States. There was one at Shedd Aquarium and one at the Georgia Aquarium. Which we didn't I'm cover sure at all. Didn't cover at all. You never heard about it until this moment exactly. Um, but they're the cutest little nuggets in the whole world. So check them out. They're very cute little marshmallows. Um, and then, oh, this, okay, this I think is just the wildest story to come out of 2020 period. Um, and how did we miss it is my other question. Are you... Oh my god, wait. I think I know what you're yeah, Okay, <laughs> so apparently the longest animal in the world was discovered last year. Um, however, I think this is a bit of a misleading title. Um, so they discovered a siphonophore, which if you don't know what a siphonophore is, um, it's similar to a tunicate or a salp. And if you don't know what either of those are, they're kind of like a jellyfish. Ew, I they- hate them. Why do you hate them? They don't sting uh, you. They just rude. exist. Okay, but yeah, they whoa. look kind of like worms, whoa. and we've talked about my hatred of worms before. Just take it. Oh, that's true. You got worms. Yeah, my brother was not nice to me. <laughs> All right. So anyway, the scientists that discovered this siphonophore, it was over 150 feet long, Ew! so longer than a blue whale. It's not a worm. It's a siphonophore. It does not function anything please, like a worm. Please, Abby, it's a siphonophore. Oh, well, my bad. I'm so sorry. Anyway, it was discovered um, in uh, deep ocean off of um, Ningaloo, which is near or in Australia um, near the Great Barrier Reef. So um, basically the theme of the ocean news of 2020 is that we're still discovering new things all the time. Um, it's so why are we discovered... going in space so much when there's this big blue thing? We're still not sure about 90% of it. <laughs> yeah, truly. Um, so scientists also discovered 30 new species of invertebrates off of the Galapagos Islands last year. That's exciting. Um, this is a very strange story. I really looked into it. Um, apparently, in Japan, there were these scientists, and they thought, okay, what if we put a little tiny little baby transmitter on a stingray, and stingrays like to stay at the bottom of the ocean, and we send these stingrays out into the ocean, and they'll just map the ocean floor for us. Did it work? And I was like, I, mean, I was like, okay, this is a thought. And they tried it, and it did work. What? <laughs> Wild. They tried it very small scale. Thanks, Thanks stingrays. Uh, and the stingrays were accurate um, within 10 centimeters of, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's that called? <laughs> Topography? Topography. <laughs> like that. Kenzie exactly. coming in clutch. Yes, they were accurate to within 10 centimeters, um, which is wild. So, cool. you know, in the future, we'll just Someone have... Someone give those stingrays little a Little stingrays with little uh, pingers on them, and they'll just be roaming around. They're real-life oh, Mr. Rays from Finding Nemo. <laughs> My dream. Oh, uh, they're going to name the zones of Amazing. the ocean sea. I could cry. I really could. Um, and other news, other things that were discovered, we found a new species of beaked whale. Woo! Woo! Um, yeah, beaked whales are just a mystery to the whole world. Literally, if you Google them, basically nothing comes up because we don't know anything about them. So the fact that we found a new one, it's pretty impressive. Um, speaking of whales, um, we did have some baby North Atlantic right whales um, already born last December. So this is currently in their calving season. Um, if you don't know, North Atlantic right whales are heavily endangered. There's, I think, less than 450 left right now. Um, so every baby that we have is a really big deal um and they are heavily monitored so we already know that we've got some babies which is great um here's some more whale news it's almost like whales are my favorite animal um (laughs) 
so there was a study in Brazil where they tried to quantify um, how much a whale is worth basically for the economy, like uh, ecotourism, etc. And they came up with the figure that each humpback whale that lives in Brazilian waters is worth about $2 million in tourism, which is wild. Um, and they estimated the entire population of Brazil's whales to be worth approximately $87 trillion. Whoa! Oh, sorry, billion. That's I can't read. Oh. Billion. Still, still, yeah. still, billion. More, still, money. still more money than you could shake a stick at. Um, and then they also uh, estimated the entire... At? Have you heard that I'm 99 years old? Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also estimated the entire world's population of whales to be worth approximately $1 trillion. That's where the trillion comes in. Still. So, yes. In other news, please do not kill whales. They're the best. Yeah, Moby Dick uh, was then... like two centuries ago. Get over it. Yeah, I know. I was there. Wow. So was Kenzie. I was. Katie, you're jumping in yeah. here, I see. I oh yeah, so I have like two really quick ocean thingy diggies. So, um, this is really cool. In 2020, Ocean Voyages Institute, which is based in Hawaii, set the record for the largest haul of plastic removed from that lovely Great Ooh, Pacific garbage. Patch. Great Pacific, Texas. Um, yeah. So as horrible as that is that's a thing they still removed 103 tons of fishing nets wow. and consumer plastics whoop, whoop. from it so thanks ocean voyages institute you guys rock that being said another uh, organization that also rocks my socks is for ocean which we've talked about a is lot is it because you have the water bottle that you literally carry around at work yes I do carry around that water bottle very proudly at work so that it's I can very, talk to people about it's it. It's very cute and it's reason. very funny because she's definitely not supposed to have it out, but she has it out the entire time. <laughs> I don't care anymore. What are they going to do? It's Fire me. <laughs> I'd love to see them try. <laughs> well, for Ocean in 2020 surpassed 12 million pounds of waste pulled from the sea, which is amazing and it's all because of the one manatee for ocean bracelet i bought myself hey for you guys want to so know what welcome, i got for everyone. christmas oh boy. the beluga yes. whale um, for ocean bracelet raise your hand <laughs> your surprise just, amazing and i also just ordered the stingray one amazing oh. they just need a giant clam one then we're set i'll be the only one to it. buy it but that's okay maybe you can make it yourself Ooh, friendship bracelets for me and my giant clam friends. Are we your giant clam? I feel like we are your giant clam. No, the giant clams are my friends. Oh. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now jumping out of the ocean. Jumping out of the ocean and oh, onto do we have the land. To? Um, in terrestrial conservation as well, I know. Because when we're talking about 2020 and we're talking about animal news in 2020 there's obviously the really one big bad thing which was uh, oh, we'll get know, into that with me never heard um, of it though i guess technically technically that happened in 2019 well it affected 2020 more than anything um else, so. yeah all right that's true i still had some fun in 2019 <laughs> um but so obviously that was attributed to zoonotic disease spillover from the illegal wildlife trade so i mean truly we've seen the extreme consequences of human animal conflict and the dangers of destroying wildlife and or um, illegally doing things with the said like wildlife. Eating them? That's the reason why it's illegal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, keeping them in close, confined, very not great spaces in which disease can easily <laughs> transfer. But, anyways, that was probably the worst. <laughs> conservation related news from 2020 but not all is lost um in terrestrial conservation and actually one of the most popular news things that i've found um in my research on this topic was the amount of um sustainable energy and resources being used um kind of hit record amounts in 2020 which is really great and a lot of that is due to a lot of, like, really creative initiatives. Um, two of my favorite little news bits that came out of 2020 actually involved mushrooms. Um, so just kind of using things that people, you know, many years ago did not think could be used in uh, conservation efforts. But 
Uh, those two stories involved a Dutch man that invented coffins that turned bodies into mushrooms so that we can become compostable. Um, which I still want to be I a tree. About you guys. I would still like to be a whale fall, but I do cool. think mushrooms is a good alternative. Well, yeah, you guys have great okay, options. That tree as well. thing is really cool. I just cool. also think that's fun. Trees, mushrooms. Um, but then there was also another girl that actually built a kayak out of mushrooms and fungus. But like this kayak, yeah, it's kind of it's a really cool story. But it was like this is like almost like a legitimate kayak. She's literally kayaks in it all the time. It works really well, but it's very much like more sustainable, obviously, than like a plastic kayak and eco friendly. And it's really a perfect example of how mushrooms can save the world was <laughs> the quotes from that article. Um, and it also helps combat climate change, which is really great. Um, I love all of that. There was a lot of breakthroughs in solar energy this year. Um, there was one breakthrough where solar systems um, can now use recycled aluminum to store energy without batteries, which is really great. That actually saves a lot of resources. And then one of my other favorite ones is they've invented a solar pavement driveway. Ooh, I want one. Made out of plastic well, even bottles. Better. It, doesn't, it literally doesn't get any better than that. So instead of solar roofs, you can literally have a solar-powered driveway. Not that your driveway is solar-powered, but it powers other well, things. Well, like, and you're going to have to be like, have a garage. Because I feel like where we live and everyone parks in their driveway, it's a little bit rough. It's like, how much soaking up is it going to do? Well, in the picture of it, it's actually next to the car. So I don't know if your car actually goes on top of it or it's just part of the driveway. Um, But I imagine they would have thought these things through when inventing this. Um, And then one other really cool thing in 2020 was that a California highway became the first state road made from recycled plastic in the U.S., which is pretty sweet. We could just make all Um, And this one last. That would be great. What a concept. Yes, I agree. Let's redo all the roads and why not? Because they could probably use it. <laughs> Fair. Um, this dips in a little bit with ocean conservation. It's okay. Really, we but, love all ocean um, conservation. I don't know if you guys know, there was like a a young Dutch scientist, Boyan Slat, was really famous for his invention that is helping to currently clean up the weird, Pacific like, garbage patch. Yeah, that like literally it's like a Roomba for the ocean. Yeah. It literally it reminds me of Wally, <laughs> True. but like for the ocean because he, he like yeah, he like, you're right. The thing, and then it's like, all right, like I'm gonna take the trash. Yeah, so apparently he um, has invented a new invention for cleaning up rivers instead of the ocean. We so, like give this man a Nobel Prize. Oh, he's already gotten a lot even of more. more. Even more, sure, but, like, <laughs> dang son, <laughs> dang. So those were just some of the few things I was trying to look into um, endangered species that maybe were removed from like the endangered species list in 2020. Um, But I did not find much luck in that field. Um, A lot of the articles were from 2019 and I was like, Hey, that's old news now. All endangered species. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the articles I saw were here are like 30 species that were added to the endangered species list in 2020. I was like, oh, mm, ouch. But on the flip side of that, there have been a lot of studies that were done in 2020 on the amount that people go outside um, and the amount of time that people are spending outside. And as we all know, beginning of 2020 was the hottest mess you ever did see. A lot of us were stuck inside trying to figure out where we can go. And a lot of people turned to um, hiking or parks or activities that they could do outside. Um, And in turn, it actually created a positive kind of trend in people's outlook on the outdoors, which I think in the long run is a really great thing for the environment. Because the more we get people to care about it, the better it's going to be. Am I right or am I right? So I think I'm going to end with my little corner there on that little happy note and hope that we keep doing that in 2021 that you know even as people continue to get the vaccine or continue to open up and whatnot please wear masks still thanks um 
that we don't forget to kind of take that time to slow down and go outside still and enjoy. Get a hammock. Hammocks are we great. Got around us. <laughs> That's even about that I okay. One of my guilty pleasures that I haven't been able to do in my new house because I don't have any trees that are big enough. Um, I love going outside and sitting in my hammock and like reading a book. It's so relaxing. It's so nice. It's like my mom's favorite thing to do. She has a special chair that she brings outside, so she. Can I really sit just need a hammock stand. Is what I need. It's very cute. All right. We'll jot that down for Abby. They're expensive. Birthday. That's the problem. So, uh, well, we're gonna <laughs> make say it I have three dollars. It's a little bit more than three dollars. <laughs> Better live. That's, next <laughs> That's okay. It's more of like when my husband listens to this part, he can take note. There you go, Tyler. You hear that? <laughs> hint, hint. <gasps> Poor Tyler. All right. Should we talk about some zoos? Do it. That was enthusiastic. <laughs> so, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was not a good year to be a zoo. Um, we all know this because <laughs> when really we wasn't. started the podcast, which was a good thing that we did this year. It was super fun. Glad I did it. Uh, a lot of zoos are facing permanent closure because of the pandemic. Notable ones include the Oakland Zoo, the Minnesota Zoo, and the Alaska Sea Life Center all of which are AZA conservation education amazing organizations that were just not pulling in the money. Um, Like we said before, the time that zoos profit the most is between March and June. And that was when literally everything was shut down. So that was a rough time to be a zoo. However, when this news started to spread that a lot of zoos were in danger of closing, People turned out because none of these zoos ended up shutting their doors. And it's been kind of a positive turn. I was talking to somebody at work about this today. Um, Zoos have not had the most positive light since Blackfish, mostly. And sure have not. With the pandemic, because zoos have been more transparent on social media and have been really trying to educate the public about what to do behind the scenes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, when they were doing all like the yes. little virtual keeper all of talks that stuff. for the kiddos and me because I that loved stuff, them too. That touched a lot of people and people donated money to help save these zoos. And not only that, but people are now more excited to go to zoos. So there's like all yeah. kinds of cool things happening with that. Um, people are also becoming more aware. So when Tiger King premiered, I think all of us were worried that we were going to it was going to have a huge oh impact God, on Zoom so aquarium attendance and get a bunch of protesters or like free the tiger stuff. And that is not what happened. What I have found from working at a zoo that does have big cats is people are asking questions instead. They're saying like, so I saw this, is that how your zoo works? And we can say, no, we're actually accredited. We've got all these things that we follow <laughs> that make it so we don't do that. But people are becoming more aware of that. They're saying, well, obviously you're not like that zoo. And you're like, Thank you so much. Wouldn't call it a zoo, but I appreciate that. We love curious guests. I would I would rather have a curious Sometimes. guest than a guest who's gonna tell me about something that they have no idea about any day. So that was something That's that I found was much more positive than it was negative. Um, or at least more positive than I think what I thought it was going to be. So of course it did also end up with a bunch of people going to that zoo before it got shut down um, <laughs> but if you want more on that yeah we talked for like an hour and a half about that so it's actually our most popular episode did you guys know that yeah the they people sure love do. controversy they love drama i think we, we did and some watch. of them were mad at us for it so it's okay i say tune into an episode near you to hear me rant about blackfish for approximately two hours I was going to say, oh, yeah, when we don't have any more ideas, we worry. always got that to lay back on. <laughs> I got that one in my pocket at, at all, all times. times. Um, so speaking of what Katie was saying about all that kind of like virtual stuff, zoos are reaching now a greater number of guests than they ever have before because they have virtual and distanced ideas. Everybody had to get really, really creative because we're like, well, we need to make money somehow. <laughs> Elephants and tigers and lions cost a lot of money to feed. So what are we going to do? We are going to do drive throughout at the zoo. 
I get to go home in a couple of days and we're going to what's called Zoo Lights at the Minnesota Zoo. They literally are having a drive through where you get to look at awesome lit up animals. <laughs> like fake ones, but it's like cool That's though, fun. right? Not really zoo news, but foster fostering kittens and like shelter animals it was actually 2020 did a lot of good for i'm just hoping that once everything once everything is over they're not gonna all end up back in the in the shelter oh (laughs) i will throw hands if that's the case kneecaps will be i'll join in on that i think all of us will i think we're all passionate about that kind of thing yeah um if you get a pet True. You mean to tell me that the conservation queens <gasps> love animals? <laughs> I'm clutching my pearls. <laughs> anyway, it's not like we made a whole podcast about them. Oh my god! No, but Abby, you were saying like that zoos really kind of, you know, reached people virtually and stuff. Basically, we overcame. We saw the problem and we conquered it. Like literally, I don't know what. <laughs> what was going on before but they were like oh maybe we should maybe, maybe we should do drive throughs so people can stay in their maybe. cars maybe we could do virtual zoo visits where we have keepers like walk around and talk about it basically it was like any of the zoo shows that you can see on national geographic but like on facebook it's the coolest thing they were selling zoom calls with animals there was a zoom call with fiona the hippo and i would have peed myself I, they should everybody everybody should be i don't like star. that's something i'm like everybody should have loved this hippo i talked about that hippo today with people they didn't know who she was and i was like you have to go home and learn about this I mean, even like the national park oh service really gosh. stepped up their social media i want to be year. friends with that person so badly it is my only goal. i know that they is really my 2020 is to befriend whoever nps we know you're listening because yes we know you're listening. We did a whole episode about you. Who is your social media person and can they be friends with us? We are somewhere in Florida. I would love them would, to have them on a guest. I would just on it, the show, honestly. We would just have to be silent the whole time. We're like, just just roast all the parks. Do it. And they would, and, they and would. they'd be good at it. So 10 out of 10, whoever's running that account. Amazing. Um, anyway, so virtual zoo visits. Um and people are like looking behind the scenes too, which is great for zoos as far as like PR goes because it's transparent, right? Now we're not like hiding. This is what the behind the scenes look like. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is what it looks like. Here's what we do. And people are responding positively to that, which is amazing. Um, people are connecting to these animals through the screen. And we're hoping that they get excited, people excited to then connect with animals in person when everything is open again, because that is something that, is like the intrinsic value of nature we always talk about that it can't be replaced. So hopefully everyone who's inspired by the animals on the screen will come see them in person. Um, there was a, so there many babies animals that were born this year. Like, I don't know what happened during quarantine, but it worked. <laughs> uh <laughs> They finally Probably. had their privacy away there from were, the There were tons did you guys notice how many rhinos were born and this they were year? Born. <laughs> so okay, so we were talking about this in the break room at work today, and I was like, Kenzie, what are we going to talk about? And someone said, baby animals. And someone else not on the podcast goes, yeah, wasn't there a rhino? And I literally said, there's which so one? many. <laughs> a bunch of, which is a huge win because rhinos are kind of difficult to breed. So that was check out our rhino episode for more information on rhinos. Um, also there were a bunch of gorillas born this year a super endangered species a bunch of endangered species were born this year it was very exciting if you want to see all of them because i was going to write them all down and then i gave up after about uh december 2nd i was going backwards and i was like this is enough Ooh, there's a website yeah, called zooborns it is the best um and if you don't believe me their second video on the website is this chimp is cute this is why they're not good pets. And I was like, I'm sold. Zooborns is amazing. I so shout out it. to them. Go to their website. They have an Instagram. It's very cute. They just basically post whenever a zoo has a baby animal, they make a post about it. 12 out of 10. Um, also, oh, remember those wonderful. birds that cuss each other out of that English zoo? <laughs> <laughs> that's I what I wanted remember. to end on. Because yes. that was, I think, my favorite my Zooners heroes. of the year was that some parrots were too inappropriate. shout out to my professor my friend david who sent me that article and i responded back if you listen to my podcast you would know about that two months ago 
Uh, boom, roasted. Oof. You heard it here, folks. On to <laughs> all right, Kenzie's um, turn. The only thing that Kenzie can ever talk about policy and bats. <laughs> oh yes, I am a. Wow. She needs a shirt that just says "Policy and Bats" because honestly, that is her brand. <laughs> Ask it should just say "Asking." Here's the deal, people. We want bats. to know if we had a Patreon, or would both. you give us money to like get new uh, like microphones and stuff, or donate to conservation? Because we want to start doing that. Um, we're or some amazing or some CQ merch. merch. We should. I was just that would say, say "Policy or Bats" merch. All right, so as we have already said, 2020 was a dumpster year set inside a train wreck, set inside a radioactive wasteland. In there, were, there were a couple <laughs> bright spots. So on the subject of bats, surprise, surprise, uh, Bat Conservation International actually signed new conservation agreements with the government of Mexico in order to protect migration pathways for nectar feeding bats, which is really cool. Uh, now, these pathways are found across northern Mexico, and they do fall in line with agave. So they're actually mm. doing a agave restoration project. And for this project, they were actually able to get eight rural additional communities on board with the agreements, which is supposed to last for about 10 years. So remember, folks, if you want conservation to succeed, you have to involve the local communities each and every time. Uh, Kenzie, I thought you were going to say you have to go buy tequila. <laughs> I, was I was honestly thinking that. the same I was thing. About I, was like, I was like, I remember, where is the sentence folks. going? I was like, <laughs> please tell me it ends with. <laughs> if so, you want this to I, work, go to buy tequila. Bad friendly, friendly tequila. tequila. Yes, because sometimes the agave that is harvested to make tequila is not always in the best way for bats. Same thing with tequila. How's his tequila? The rock we had find me, out. I'm going to, you keep talking, I'm going to Google it. Thank you. Uh, so where was I again? Oh, yes. So this agave, a lot of bats are pollinators <laughs> for them. And of course, this is a main food source. And as we have already said, if you like tequila, thank a bat or your agave syrup, because they're the reasons why you have it. We really, <laughs> you got us through 2020, bats. More ways than one. <laughs> and you now know, another bit of no you didn't cause it but people wrongly accused you and we're mad about it <laughs> there you go <laughs> we're sorry bats basically we're just we're sorry go listen to the bat <laughs> episode if you want to learn more about bats this is just a plug for all of our what you should actually go listen to we have a bat episode we have a tiger king episode we have a rhino episode we've got a everybody's favorite animal episode we've got a bird episode we've got it all May I? Yeah, sorry, Kenzie. Yes, take it away. But Ken- Kenzie's like, hi, thank I'm you. To talk about <laughs> sorry. In addition to the agreements with the government of Mexico, some other encouraging news. This was found on Manga Bay, which is a pretty cool website that talks about different conservation efforts and conservation news. And it turns out that new research shows that certain bat species may actually be evolving to fight off white nose syndrome. Has, yeah, has anyone no. ever heard of white nose syndrome? Uh, if you are from yes. the Midwest and worked oh, yes. in biology, mm. you've heard of white nose syndrome. Yes, for our listeners out there who may not know what white nose syndrome is, essentially it's a fungal disease that came over from Asia and Europe. It's believed the main theory is that it came from a hiker that was visiting caves in North America. And unfortunately, because our bat species here don't have an immunity to it, it devastated populations. Uh, The little brown bat in particular, several studies have showed that its population has declined in upwards of 90%. Uh, During the volunteer research I participated with during my undergrad at college, a lot of the nesting or nesting mist netting sites that we were surveying found anywhere from an 80 to 100% decrease in bat recaptures, which was pretty sad. But it is very encouraging to see that potentially there is a immunity building up within the surviving population. Uh, This paper, which was published by scientists Arturi and Knowles, they found that individuals showing resistance to disease are probably passing on their genetics. So obviously, if you study genetics or basic biology, um, this isn't very surprising in terms organisms are able to do this, but it is encouraging. The only issue that people are afraid of is that these populations have reduced so much 
And surprisingly, bats have a very slow reproductive rate. So it's probably going to take a while for the population to build back up to sustainable level. So we will take good news. Yes. Where we can get so it. if you ever find yourself in caves or bat habitat, make sure to follow proper protocol. So you're not spreading that white nose syndrome. Otherwise I will find you and I will break kneecap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I've learned some upsetting news. Oh, I love it. What? No, and farmers are cutting stocks, so bats are literally don't have anything to pollinate. And there's an entire website about how we don't actually need bats to have tequila. That's rude. Well, moving on. (laughs) So at the end of 2020, Congress actually did something pretty surprising, and they worked together. They actually passed a bipartisan bill. Shocking when you actually do what you're supposed to, Um, a bipartisan bill known as the Great American Outdoors Act, which actually sets aside $900 million for parks and services through the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Standing ovation! Now, we need this desperately because for years and years, national park services and other outdoor services are facing issues with upkeep of infrastructure, and they just don't have the amount of reach that they need. You know, in order to be effective, you do need a pretty deep purse when it comes to certain environmental and conservation actions. That being said, I would like to remind everyone that when President Trump signed this, this was nothing more than a publicity stunt. This does not (laughs) absolve him (laughs) of any of the other actions he's taken against environmental protections. Um, And let's also not forget that the current head of the EPA, Andrew Wheeler, absolutely gutted the organization and is also a big oil lobbyist. Don't be cool. We don't like him. No, no, not at all. We really don't like that. So much so that when he came to my job, I ran and hid because I was afraid I would say something very nasty. Oh, yeah, we all hid. (laughs) I don't like him so much that I would allow Kenzie to break his kneecaps because I don't think I'm strong enough. For legal reasons, that is also a joke. <laughs> and once again, for legal reasons, that is a joke. Is a I'm joke. gonna have to just we're gonna have to do a new display at the beginning of the episode. Anything that Abby says that involves violence, we are kidding. We promise. So a bright spot that did come also at the end of 2020 is President Joe Biden, President-elect Joe Biden. God, I can't wait for inauguration. Uh, His pick for Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland, who was a former congresswoman for New Mexico, a attorney, a small business owner, and she was also chairman on the New Mexico Democratic Party. What's really exciting about her, though, is that she is from an indigenous background, so Her position directly deals with Indigenous affairs, as well as National Park Services and other conservation-related issues. So it's really exciting that a member of the community who has roots that is intimately tied with the care and stewardship of the land, and also comes from a place that historically has been oppressed (laughs) and still is oppressed by the United States government, finally gets a seat at the table. And she will be the first Indigenous woman inside a presidential cabinet, which is really really exciting and a big step forward so woo, go Deb. woo for reals we love her <laughs> well claps for Deb. Claps uh that being said it's speaking yeah, about uh, deb holland and bringing a much needed voice much seen seat to the table. Um, 2020 was a huge year in terms of spreading more awareness on the lack of diversity within the field of conservation. Uh, Black Birders Week really took off on social media. Yes, and it did. Sparked a much needed conversation <laughs> around the oh for well, a more equitable, equitable future for conservation initiatives, which is really, really important. Um, I know there's a couple of accounts that I started following during Black Birders Week. So my challenge for me and for everyone on here is to follow more diverse voices within the wildlife and conservation community because they're out there. People just don't listen to them that much. <laughs> yeah, so that's really cool. So yeah. awesome sauce. Yeah. Keep it up. That is a good goal. That's a good that, that goal. That is a good and segue, yes. That's a great yes. segue. <laughs> into our goals for 2021 that we wanted to share with you guys. Um, And I will go ahead and go first. So for 2021, my goal um, is to continue making eco-friendly choices. Um, I feel like I've done a pretty good job switching over, 
you know, to more eco-friendly things. For example, I just found at Target the other day, at Target, um, they sell biodegradable makeup wipes. So I know that there is like the microfiber makeup eraser, um, which is like a reusable makeup wipe that you only need water for. But this is different. This is actual like makeup wipes that you get in a package. But they are certified compostable within 15 They're days awesome. of being I've tossed been using in the those landfill. For the last um, six months. They're so cool. Very exciting. I just found them, so I was quite pleased. Um, so I want to continue making eco-friendly choices. Um, I really want to be better about straws. I have so many, uh, like, reusable straws, like uh, stainless steel straws, bamboo straws, etc. But I've just been terrible about remembering to throw them in my bag wherever I go. Um, So I really want to Mm -hmm. do better with that. That's a specific one I have. And then my big kind of lofty goal would be to just pay more attention to where I'm buying things from. Like I want to buy more locally so that, you know, we're not wasting money on transportation, et cetera. Um, It's just better for the earth. We want to buy things locally and not have it be shipped halfway across the world so I can stop lining Jeff Bezos's pocket. (laughs) Dang you, Amazon, <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> Dang you and your yes, convenience. So Gosh, that is darn my big it. Um, Me! Who wants to go next? So, um, go for it. I have subscribed to buying reusable bags for a very long time. I've got about 300 of them in my car, and I never remember to bring them into the grocery <laughs> store when I'm going yeah. shopping. <laughs> Oh, girl, I take 10 steps out of my car, and now I go, oh, shoot, I forgot my grocery So bag. here's my oh, problem. Shoot, I remember I the mask every mask time. Um, I don't for- remember I have my grocery bags until I get to checkout. And by that time. David literally asked the cashier every time that we forget, and he's like, hold on, got to go get oh. my bags, and we will hold up the line. David's a good guy. Oh. We like David. We do love that. He's a good egg. Good egg. Um. So my goal this year <laughs> is to remember my reusable bags and that I have them in my car and that they are fully functional so I can use them. You should, like, put a little um, note next to your door handle, like, before you go out the door. You see, says, they get like, into – they're in the car. That's not the problem. The problem is getting them into the door. Right. But, like, like me, that is what I should do. That's probably them. the best uh, – one because oh, I same. don't have a good memory, so that would that would do it. Yeah. Oh, I'll put, put the mask right there next in to my the purse. bags. Because then I'll remember. Um, I also want to because I love gift giving. I think it's one of my love languages, um, and I'd like to buy presents from either zoos or aquariums or local stores around where we live or conservation organizations for everybody's birthday, Christmas. But I would love to just be able to use that resource because I th- it's an organization I support. That'd be awesome. Um, I also want to visit at least two new zoos because there's a bunch of AZA and non-AZA but still awesome zoos here in Florida and I've only visited like one. So I need to go to more. So that's fine, man. Do it. So the well, girl Katie, you and I can go together. Like we can go two. visit more. <laughs> so- I'm on. I'm on board because I really like that. We gold should do. We should. I would also like. We to should all do a conservation queens trip and to a zoo together. We really should. I am definitely on board for that. <gasps> I, would I do the Georgia Aquarium. That, that's my vote. I know some queens. Which I will queen go any day of the week? They have my which favorite queen is going to go and then be like, I don't want to go again. None of us. We're all going to be like, yeah. Round two. <laughs> I also have a friend. That's we true. want to live there I, now. What, what, what are like the odds of us hiding in the whale time. shark area, um, so they can't find us, and we just just live there? I mean, pretty good, I would think. You might lose me. I might be. What in if we each? I'll, you know what? I'll buy by the penguins, so it'll be fine. <laughs> All right, Katie. All right. Well, I, like I said, would also like to visit new zoos or aquariums. It's definitely one of my resolutions. I really want to try and thrift more clothes this year instead of buying new ones. Like, that's one of my biggest goals, I think, because I was looking a lot at my wardrobe at the end of 2020, having not worn a lot of fancy things in 2020, for obvious reasons. Um, And I was like, you know, obviously I could get rid of a lot of stuff, but I also... Would like to get more different kinds of clothing 
that I don't want to buy new ones. So I'm going to do my best to thrift or um, buy ones made out of recycled or sustainable materials or secondhand, I think would be um, a really great resolution. And for this podcast, I really want to I'm get telling you, my friend Reagan, okay. sustainable costuming. Let's get guests. It does. I was going to say, Katie, if you're into the, like, the thrifting thing, that's literally like part of her deal. So maybe that would be a good guest to have. Reagan, you want to do it? I, mean, <laughs> I know yeah. you listen. I hear oh, her from I the future. She says, no, I wish she's in San something. <laughs> do, do I go? Well, <laughs> yeah, Kenzie. Yeah, well, Kenzie, what's right, yours? So just to reiterate, yeah. uh, learning more about uh, diverse voices in the conservation wildlife field, learning more about environmental racism because it is a thing. And remember, folks, social justice is environmental justice. It starts in the home. Um, another thing that I really want to do is get outside more. I actually have a state park pass and I've only been to one park thus far. Well, technically nice. two, but I didn't need to use my pass for the last one, but I really want to get out more and actually go do more birding. Oh yeah. my gosh, Ken. I'll go birding with yeah. you. Yeah, I'll, I'll go birding with you. <laughs> I, know many yeah, I actually to went to Black Point Drive yesterday on Mare Island with my parents. Uh, my dad is visiting and is staying with us for a while. And I got to see my first wild roseate spoonbill. And I was <gasps> pretty excited. <laughs> that is actually super exciting. I also saw a belted kingfisher. And that was also pretty. very exciting. Oh, you saw a belted kingfisher? Yeah. Someone what? was already photographing it, and they pointed it out on the trail. Oh. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that, okay, no offense. That's more exciting to me than the spoonbill is. No, that's totally fine. I, I get you. Listen, yeah. I'm a simple gal who likes her birds. So you, me, birding? We'll do a conservation queen's birding? Maybe we can record ourselves along the way, and so people can see how this is virtual, yeah. but in real life, it's also a mess. So... <laughs> <laughs> a funny story. So, yeah. That would be. be so a what's fun a fun conversation conversation? 2020. Uh we have to say new year, new me. This year, um, I'm saying new year, we're gonna survive. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. We're, mean 2020, we're not redoing really 2020. That's <laughs> too much. Um but in 2021. Um, let's make it the year that everybody makes at least one positive change, big or small, to help out the environment a little bit more. So that's my challenge for every listener out there. You guys need to figure out one thing. We've given you lots of suggestions. Um, we're going to give you lots more in the future. Keep listening to the podcast and tell us what kinds of cool things you're doing to like save the planet. Maybe we'll shout you out. We do. Yeah, tell us. When we, we post this episode, out. we'll probably Please. ask. Um, yeah, we'll pick the best ideas ones. in the comments. What are your resolutions? Um, well, they're all the best. When I say pick they're the best ones, great. everyone's going to get Any a shout. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, Please follow us on yeah, social media. We, really. we have lots of cool stuff. We've got an Instagram at Conservation Queens Podcast. We've got an email, conservationqueenspodcast at gmail.com. You guys can email us your suggestions. You can ask us questions. You can ask for career advice. We're not like super far along in our careers, but we can try. Um, we have a website uh, and a Facebook page. Um, on the website, uh, one of the tabs I'm proudest of is the Conservation Conversation Pad tab you can click on there and see a bunch of the organizations that we've talked about on the podcast and go to their website so you can learn more about them yourself um something else yeah. that i am going to challenge everyone to do rate us five stars on itunes and spotify because it actually helps people discover our podcast most people Ooh. i no, saw your review was five very stars. funny david 12 out of 10 review, david's review i was don't also remember what funny. i wrote you both did it <laughs> There you go. go so rate us five stars on iTunes and Spotify because right it helps other people discover our podcasts. <laughs> Most people are still using iTunes to discover podcasts. So the more that we can uh, boost up there, the better it will be. Can you guys do that for us? Yeah. Please. Yes. Well, they say I hear yes, them from the future. They say, the future. <laughs> they say yes. I, Dang. Emily's really talented. Kenzie travels backwards. Emily travels forwards. This is true. 
Emily Drabble's uh, stuck in the middle. And I'm stuck. Can't go any farther. We're going to get copyright <laughs> yeah. Um I had one more thing I was going to say, and I can't remember. Well, we tried. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Now go out there and stay sustainable. Happy 2021. Make it better than 2020. We'll see you later. Goodbye.